Welcome to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about helping our counselees to look beyond their circumstances. I'm very grateful to have with me today uh, my good friend and fellow brother pastor, uh, Brent Osterberg. Brent is the pastor at Living Hope Bible Church in the North Texas area, and he's also an ACBC certified counselor and uh, a very helpful contributor to uh, CBCD's podcasts and blogs and uh, the training events that we do. So, uh, brother, so good to be with you today. Thanks for being with us. I love being here. Thanks a lot, Keith. So we're going to talk today about helping our counselees look beyond their circumstances. And man, I can't think of a more timely topic to talk about coming out of 2020 than trying to look beyond our circumstances. And of course, as Christians, uh, this is a major uh, source of hope in Scripture that, that our circumstances are not determinative. And uh, so maybe just to kind of get us going into this topic when someone comes for counsel, right, you know, it is often because their circumstances are burdensome or even devastating, and they want those circumstances to change. So would you say as a counselor, is that a good desire? Can that be harmful? How should we think about that? Well, it's not wrong to want your circumstances to be peaceful or joyful. Not at all, um, unless that desire for peaceful circumstances becomes demanding or ultimate. You must have these circumstances that you desire, but the desire itself is is not wrong, but we we tend to come into counseling. If we've got an an issue, we've got undesirable circumstances, uh, we tend to come in wanting those changes. And um, probably the degree to which we want them is is beyond um, a a level of spiritual health, I think. And so uh, I started thinking about this topic with relationship to helping our counselees when they come in, uh, realize that, yes, while it's not wrong for you to have this desire, um, we, we must not make this something that is um, a possibility that I grip with a tight fist. I want these circumstances to be different, and I must have these circumstances be different, or I can't be happy. If you can't be happy, unless circumstances are a certain way, then something is wrong in your heart. And helping our counselees move beyond that is, I think, something we have to do um, probably pretty early on in the counseling process. Yeah, that's very helpful. You know, sometimes in our training, we talk about, you know, when good desires become demands, that's when, you know, things have maybe gone out of bounds and we have to, we have to come back to a greater goal, a grander goal. So, no, very helpful. Yeah. So, so why would you say then, if if wanting a change of circumstances isn't necessarily a bad thing, why do you think it's so important to point our counselees beyond their circumstances for peace and contentment? Well, um, first of all, it's it's necessary that we look beyond these circumstances that we want so badly because those circumstances, even if they do change for the better, do not satisfy us. We don't get peace from peaceful circumstances. We get peace from the God of peace who brings it to us. And um, I I don't know if you've ever heard of this little gem of a book, Keith. Uh, it's by, 
It's by Stephen Altrogi. It came out, uh, I think, in 2010. It's called The Greener Grass Conspiracy. It's a little book from Crossway about contentment. And it kind of went under the radar. I don't think a whole lot of people read it, but I I did with my wife some years ago and was just extremely blessed by the biblical content in it. And he starts out the book talking about the if-only game. We, we often play the if-only game. Uh, so it goes like this. You play the if-only game by saying something like, if only my spouse would respect me, then I could be happy. If only my spouse was more sympathetic, then I could be happy. Or if only my kids appreciated me. If if only we had enough money for all these house repairs. If, if only I had a job that was not so stressful. If I only had more friends or if only this chronic pain would go away, then I could be happy. And that is a sign that we are looking to these changed circumstances as the answer to our joy and happiness. And scripture tells us that those things aren't the answer. That, like I said a moment ago, the God of peace is the answer. He is the one that can provide us with the contentment that uh, that we desire. But it's not found in the things that we're looking um, for. Uh, it doesn't come from the things that we're looking to give us that contentment. Uh, Paul is a great example of this. And so uh, I think of Philippians chapter 4. Uh, that's a big contentment chapter. And Paul says, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content in verse 11, in whatever situation. And then he goes on to talk about having uh, little and having plenty. And he's writing Philippians, in fact, from uh, prison, from being under house arrest, chained to a uh, an imperial guard. And he's able to say that he's learned to be content in whatever situation that the Lord has brought him into. And the answer to his contentment is found in an often quoted verse, and that is Philippians 4.13. Right? He says that, that it is through Christ who strengthens him. He can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. So he's able to walk through having plenty or having little, being in prison, being free, what have you, because of Christ being his adequacy, his sufficiency, his strength. And therefore, that tells us where our expectations for peace and contentment ought to come from, not from what's happening around us, but from who God is for us in Christ. Um, I think uh, as well of an earlier passage in Philippians 4, uh, one that we often turn to when we're talking about anxiety in particular. And so verses 6 and 7 of Philippians 4 say, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Notice he talks about peace being given from God, but he never mentions anything about circumstances changing. The peace comes from humbly making requests of the Lord and bringing your thanks to the Lord and having that God-centered dependence. That's where the peace comes from. It doesn't come from um, him answering your request just as you prayed them, which I think we might be mistaken to, to interpret it in that way. But it's it comes from us depending on him, looking to him, having a God-centered expectation that he will be the one who provides our peace in our circumstances. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Now, so I can hear counselees listening to this. I can hear Christians listening to this saying, yes, Brent, you're right. I know I need to find my contentment in Jesus and beyond my circumstances. 
how do I do that? I want to do that, but what are some ways that Christians can find that? What are some ways we can help our counselees to look beyond their circumstances uh, to hope that they have in Christ? Good question. I, I would say um, we can show them certain scripture passages that um, reveal that the things that we are looking to for contentment and peace don't provide that contentment and peace. If you take your counselees to Ecclesiastes chapter two, you can show them that um, Solomon had unlimited, practically unlimited resources so that he could give his heart whatever it is that it desired. He, I mean, we're limited by our funds, right? And we don't have the authority of being a king. So um, often the things that we want, we can't have because we don't have um, the, the money or the prestige or the authority to get those things. That wasn't true of Solomon. And so he goes through this list in Ecclesiastes of all the things that, that he allowed himself to partake in and, and all the things that he gave himself. And then he finally gets to chapter 2, verse 11. And he says, then I considered all that my hands had done. And the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. Helpful like uh, to tell our people, you're looking in this area or this circumstance for your contentment, but, but Solomon, he's already been there. He's done that. So trust the guy who, who's already been out there, and he's come back and he said, yeah, it's not worth it. Don't look for your contentment and your peace there. Um, so that, that's one way we can, we can help our counselees. Um, I would also say, uh, that early on in the process of your meetings with a counselee, pose this to them so that it helps them to look to the Lord for their peace and their contentment. Pose this. What if it never changes your circumstances? What if your, your spouse doesn't ever treat you differently? What if the pain doesn't go away? What if you can't get out of this job? What if your kids don't appreciate you? What if that never changes? And so when they're coming in for counseling so often, um, they're, um, they're thinking, okay, this is what I want. This guy's going to help me get it. Now, this woman, my counsel, counselor is going to help me get these circumstances and get the change that I want. And, a lot of people end up leaving counseling because the circumstances don't change. They have the wrong goal in mind. And so we have to help them understand what the right goal is. As Christians, it is to please the Lord, right? It's a pretty foundational verse for biblical counselors in 2 Corinthians 5, 9, right? We make it our ambition to please the Lord. Um, and that is the goal, no matter whether or not our circumstances change. Um, and so... When you're looking at 2 Corinthians 12, 9, and 10, and Paul, he prayed that his circumstances would change, right? He prayed three times that the thorn in the flesh would be taken away. God didn't take the thorn in the flesh away, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And that led him to um, tell us in the text that he is content with his weaknesses, and so it wasn't, he wasn't content because the weakness went away. He was content because of the sufficient grace of Christ in the weakness. And so these texts can help them see that the goal should not be to find the contentment in changed circumstances or situations, but in the God who never changes and whose love for us is full 
and comprehensive in Christ always, who never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's there with us no matter if we're on a hilltop or we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And Job expresses that to us, right, in Job chapter 1. The Lord gave and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we're going to accept all kinds of circumstances from him because we know that he is intentionally using them so that we become more like Christ. So I think we have to get them early on thinking about uh, the prospect of things never changing. And and it doesn't mean that circumstances won't change, but that can't be the goal. That must never be the goal for us as Christians is to have the circumstances change, but rather is that we please the Lord in the circumstances, regardless of the, whether or not they change. So, Brent, what happens uh, if a counselee's circumstances do change? You know, you just talked about it. Their circumstances may not change, but let's say they do change for the better. How should a counselee process that biblically? I think we need to help them rejoice in that and celebrate that. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, right? So help them to celebrate and praise the Lord for that changed circumstance, but also counsel them to keep that in an open hand because, you and I both know, Keith, circumstances change with the wind. I mean, um, the circumstances might change temporarily, but go right back to the way they were before. So we can't trust those circumstances because of the fact that they are liable to change. Um, God never changes for us. We can always expect to find God just as he is in terms of his character and what's true for us in terms of the promises of God. And, and that's where our affection should be um implanted is upon him, right? And so I think that whenever they have those circumstances change for the better, don't let them leave counseling, right? They might want to leave and say, oh, okay, my, the problem's gone. But if they're not at a place where they are trusting the Lord and walking in his ways and seeking to please him with uh, the direction of their lives, and it's ob- obvious to you that they were just wanting that change of circumstance, Don't let them leave the counseling yet. I mean, of course, you can't force them to stay, but try to convince them to remain because uh, what the goal is in terms of a biblical Christianity has not been achieved at that point, if that's what they're looking to. And so you want them to get to the Psalm 73 Asaph ending, right, where um, they say, along with Asaph, um, that I in in heaven, I have no one besides you. Right. Uh, And I have uh, there's no one in heaven that I would rather be with than you, right? There's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Whom have I in heaven but you, right? Uh, So whether it's on earth or in heaven, Asaph is understanding that his contentment has come from the Lord. And he says, the Lord is my portion. He's my satisfaction. He's my help. He's the one I'm, I'm looking to for the, the, the joy and the peace that I sought in, in the things of the world. He gets it now at the end of Psalm 73. And that would be a good homework assignment, by the way, for your counseling is to walk through Psalm 73 and see uh, the, uh, where Asaph started in terms of him desiring, um, the, the life of, uh, the wicked, right? And he wanted not to be wicked, but he, he was jealous of them because they, um, were living easy lives and he was trying to live for the Lord and he was, uh, living a hard life. And so, uh, he thought he was being mistreated. But he was led to repentance, and then he comes to the place where he sees that it is good for him to be near the Lord, he says. And so when your counselee says that, no matter what their circumstances are, and says, it is good for me to be near the Lord, whom have I in heaven but you? There's no one in heaven I'd rather be around than God. Then you know that that goal has been achieved, and then you can start talking about it. 
graduation, right, from the counseling process. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so good. So if if we wanted to read more about finding contentment in the Lord and, and being cautious about finding contentment in circumstances, are there some resources that you could recommend for additional study and reading? Yeah, yeah. So I, I mentioned The Greener Grass Conspiracy by Stephen Altrogi. Um, I would also say read and study Second Corinthians. There is so much in there from Paul's perspective. Um, whether you're talking about chapter one in second Corinthians or chapter 11 or chapter 12. And there's also some good stuff there in the middle as well. Um, um, it's, there's a lot about weakness and, um, what God does for us in weakness that, that he is our sufficiency as well. What he does through trials. I love chapter one of second Corinthians where he's, he says, uh, we felt like we had the sentence of death upon us, but it was so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. So he understands why God had brought that affliction into his life so that he would trust in the Lord more. So I would say study Second Corinthians, the great uh, book of the Bible to go through. Uh, also, um, just a practical uh, biography, an autobiography, uh, the biography of Johnny Erickson Tata. She wrote it, so it's an autobiography. Great resource on seeing um, this woman whose circumstances did not change. She dove into a lake. She broke her neck. She was, she became a paraplegic. I'm sorry, quadriplegic. And, um, it, it just kind of talks about she's, how she's in the hospital for so long and, um, she wants to die and she, but she can't do anything about her sick circumstances and uh, things aren't getting better. She's hoping for healing, but the healing doesn't come. I, I remember hearing a, an interview with her where she talked about, um, going with, I think, her sister to a faith healer, and and the faith healer couldn't didn't do anything for her. I didn't even uh, come to the area where the quadriplegics were sitting in the whole arena where that thing was taking place. And, and yet she was brought to a place where she found her contentment in the Lord. Her circumstances still haven't changed. She's, I think she's probably 70 or 71 now, and her circumstances still haven't changed. She's still a quadriplegic, but she is one of the happiest Christians you'll ever hear talk in person. You know, how can that be? It's because the God of peace, the God of joy, the God of delight um, is her peace and joy and delight and not her circumstances. And so then just practically, and that's a, it's a great book to listen to uh, on Audible for counseling just to get that. So, yeah. so helpful. Well, Brent, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been a great conversation. Uh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Counsel the Word. For more information about the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, you can visit us at our website at thecbcd.org.